0: Welcome to Kuterra Experts Corner. In this edition, experts discuss true TrueSculpt Flex and the potential to use muscle stimulation for performance rehab and pain. Moderator, Dr. Jeffrey Dover, of Chester Hill, Massachusetts, outside of Boston, kicked off the conversation with a review of the direct current TrueSculpt Flex device, first approved for the use of toning the muscle and increased muscle strength of the belly. He notes the device is used extensively for aesthetic improvement of the appearance of muscles, as well as to strengthen them.
1: It's used predominantly by fit individuals who want to get even fitter. But in fact, we all believe that there's another opportunity to use this device for bioelectrical muscle stimulation for performance enhancement in athletes or non-athletes alike to increase and improve core strength and functional strength in those of us who want to stand more erect, have less back pain, and able to perform our duties better, and also for rehab and for pain
2: management.
0: For discussion of the quote unquote traditional use of TrueScope Flex, Dr. Dove returned to Beverly Hills Facial Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Arash Marazadeh.
3: Yeah, so Flex in my practice traditionally, or at least what I thought it was going to be when I first purchased it, was for my more cosmetically driven patients who are fit and have nice bodies and they want to take it to the next level or they have a certain body part that they have a hard time improving, and that this was going to help them achieve the results in that targeted area. And what it's turned out to be is a device that's more for everyone of all ages, from both the younger fit individuals who are looking for a more dramatic cosmetic change in a targeted area, to my older patients who are looking to maintain muscle mass, improve core strength, reduce back pain. I even have pole dancers who come to me and have treatments on their legs because they want to be able to stay up on the pole longer and it's part of their profession. So it's a broad audience here in Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> first, I've heard about pole dancing and flex, but, but why not? Well, it's interesting that Arash is the first person to really show me how powerful the flex was. We were together at a meeting lecturing and he said, you got to try it out. And you know what they say, seeing is believing. I had one treatment and thought... Well, uh, this actually seems to work. Like, I mean, you feel your muscles tightening. It's not a walk in the park. And you know, it's like doing crunches all day at the gym. And you know it has to work because if it's contracting those muscles, it's got to work. And Leah, with whom I work every day, as I've mentioned, uh, said to me, you know, why don't we look at this device for functional
0: improvement? Dr. Leah Spring is a fellow at Skincare Physicians in Chestnut Hill.
4: So I first learned about the scalp Flex at, the, at your conference, Controversies and Conversations, and sitting in the audience, began to think you know, that the aesthetic improvement was, was very interesting, very compelling, but what was even more compelling was the possibility of functional enhancement and muscle stabilization by using this device. And you know, I could identify several different patient populations that could benefit from this. You know, the, the average active adult looking either for a competitive edge or perhaps just improved performance when doing their activities of daily living or, or playing basketball with their kids. I could think of um, the orthopedic injury and people attempting to rehab after suffering from um, of an, of an injury that maybe hasn't balanced their muscles and balanced their strength. And then I could also think of um, the, the elite athlete, uh, the military, um, the, who are either looking for, again, that performance edge or who are looking to rehabilitate after, um, after a devastating injury, after a, you know, a wounded warrior um, injury. And so uh, after speaking with you, we decided to, to test this out. And so we looked at the Truthsculpt Flex in a group of 20 active, relatively fit individuals, not, not athletes, just active, active adults. And we did a standard protocol of four treatments, looked at two arms, either four-tone treatments or two-tone and two sculpt treatments, and assess their functional performance. We tested everyone beforehand, uh, and uh, and looked at both their abdominal as well as quadriceps strength with both static and dynamic functional testing, and then tested them after treatment at the two and four week mark. We were going to test after the eight week mark, but unfortunately, uh, COVID had other ideas. But we're, it's exciting to see this data come through. And we were impressed. We we knew it worked. We had tried it on ourselves. We had tried it on some of the staff in the office. Uh, But when you really start looking at the numbers of crunches performed, the minutes of a one-legged wall sit, I think that's when it starts to become even more exciting.
1: Leah, thanks. So tell us, I know preliminarily, what you found in the study. What did the uh, subjects notice?
4: The subjects noticed, I would, what it was interesting was the subjects noticed an almost immediate stabilization uh, of their back and their pelvis. And we, we found that when they were, they were, they were say, when I'm walking up the stairs or when I'm jogging, it, things just feel more stable. On average, um, and we're still waiting for all the data to come in and, and to look at that with statistics, but we were seeing 30 to 50% improvement in the number of crunches, in wall sits in um, the sit and hold, so a static abdominal exercise. And so we are seeing improvements across the board. We saw a reduction in waist circumference and an increase in quadricep circumference. And what I think is also important is overall, the patients were very satisfied. Our subjects were satisfied. I just had the opportunity to call our final group that we've tested, the ones that we unfortunately were not able to functionally test at all, but I had several people from that group unprompted tell me that they've been able to maintain the results despite staying at home during the pandemic and not being very active
1: so uh, to listeners these numbers are striking no one gains 30 to 50 percent in functional strength in a couple of weeks no matter who their trainer is or what gym they go to or what they're eating uh even systemic steroids anabolic steroids do not work this quickly everybody who's in exercise physiology knows that. So while this is an uncontrolled trial and while it's a pilot, uh, I think it speaks uh, volumes to the potential of this TrueSculpt Flex, and we're very excited about moving this on to other groups, which uh, Leah has already mentioned, and we'll talk about a
0: bit more. At the Houston Spine and Rehab Centers in Texas, Dr. Brett Bayer, a doctor of physical therapy, has been using the TrueSculpt Flex to improve pain in patients who are rehabbing from spine injuries describes his experience
2: In in our practice uh we we probably see 80 percent of low back pain and for anybody that's familiar with treating low back pain or any spine pain in general um can can be very frustrating at times okay like ridiculous pain just nothing responsive so whenever this kind of came about our upper management came to me um uh, hey how can we use this in our practice um Obviously, when I get on it, or when we're in the testing phase of this, um, very interesting for me because a lot of our patients, the frustrating part is, is that we're trying to increase core stabilization, but when we move their spine around, they seem to have an increase in pain. So with this, it was like, hold on, we can control their pain. We can control their lumbar spine movement if they have movement with pain maybe we can strengthen them up before we start moving them uh, and getting them into more of a functional, uh, functional strength program, or what I call a traditional traditional physical therapy core stabilization program. Um, and so now after, after we had performed that study, um, it's a significant player in the way that we treat low back pain on a daily basis. If a patient's coming in and, and, we're seeing that they're at a, you know, seven, eight, nine out of 10 pain. And they they may be pending anywhere from injections to spinal procedures, to laminectomies, to fusions. We can go ahead and start treating that patient. We can start treating that patient by activating their core and and treating it as the stronger you are, you know, if you are gonna have some kind of lumbar spine surgery, the stronger you are before, definitely your outcomes are gonna be better. Um, for those patients that are trying to avoid any evasive treatments, well, this is the first step in that, is to jumpstart the core. So that is now how we're using that in, in our physical therapy Incredibly
1: practice. exciting to all of us, Brett, who are listening to you and learning this for the very first time. So tell me, I'm, let's say I'm the patient, in fact, I have suffered from low back pain and went to physical therapy for a long time. I had, it got so bad that the PT, the poor, really nice guy, uh, who was a professional athlete himself, pole vaulter, he felt so badly because I was getting worse and worse. So he was afraid to hurt me because I was a doctor and he was younger than me. So eventually I was just lying there doing e stim for an hour, three times a week, until finally my wife said, you need to go to a back boot camp at the Baptist in Boston and get better because they take care of all the professional athletes in town, the Patriots and the Celtics and the Bruins. I went, boom, they worked my back and I got better. But had I been able to do the flex, I know now, in retrospect, a bit of core strength would have helped to, like you say, kickstart the program. So tell us first, what's the difference between e and the flex? Because I know I get asked that all the time, and I know the difference is night and day. But you know better than anybody.
2: Sure. And and for, for acute back pain patients that are in a lot of pain that have had, you know, I allude to TENS unit therapy. Uh, in the in the past can be very confusing it can be very very confusing traditional electrical stimulation or or tens unit therapy is meant to modulate pain it's it's meant to modulate your pain to to make you feel better for a certain amount of time to block the pain pathways Um, it's not a it's not a mechanical or structural fix uh, for the for the pain it's it's and that's what we use it for if a patient comes in and Eight, nine out of ten pain, and they're really, really struggling for sure. We'll throw them on some e-stem because it seems to modulate their pain, and we can actually get them maybe walking or doing something with less pain. For the sculpt Flex, you know, I I struggle to use the word e-stem in any in any point when I'm explaining this treatment because it it seems to throw these patients. It kind of turns them away from it. Sure, I I understand that it's using electrical stimulation pathways, but it's, it's a muscular strengthening machine. It's not a, it's not a pain modulator. It's, I don't consider it a pain modality. It is what we bill it as, as a neuromuscular reeducator, because I, for one, have never been able to explain to a patient on how to t- contract transverse abdominis the way that the sculpt does. And honestly, it makes my job way easier because they feel what I'm trying to get them to feel. So, this everything.
1: is really important. Let's, let's explain to our listeners E STEM or electrical stimulation, very low energy, I presume. And very it's, low. It's unidirectional or bidirectional, correct? Whereas the True Scalp Flex is much, much higher direct current energy and it, it, it moves in different directions. Am I right? So, it stimulates Multidirectional, correct. Multidirectional and much more powerful so you have the e-stem on it just feels like a little bit of buzzing you put the flex on you know it's on it's there's no there's no like is it on yet you know
2: and i i think the i think the interesting thing is the goal of the treatment too that's how i always try to to view when i'm justifying treatment or documentation what's the goal of the treatment with electrical stimulation the goal of the treatment is to reduce their pain it's not necessarily to improve their function You're, you're trying to reduce their pain now you may throw in some more treatments here and there to try to improve function. With the TruSculpt Flex machine or uh, the QTERA, you're trying to improve their function by activating core. You're, you're exactly. activating so the muscles.
1: Let's focus on those words. This is a functional improvement. That's what both you and Leah have shown. Yours in rehab patients, Leah in totally normal, pretty fit individuals that were handpicked because they had to be pretty fit to go in. But they improve their fitness between 30 and 50% in a matter of a few weeks. And you've got patients where you're reducing pain, as you've told me, by three on a scale of one to 10. That's a very significant difference. I, I, I mean, you're the expert, but wouldn't you say if a patient came in with pain of seven and they dropped to four, that that was a big difference?
2: Well, it, it allows them to progress way quicker to their goals, right? I mean, that's our, in a day-to-day basis, that's our our main goal is to reduce your pain, improve your function. What are your goals? And let's get you there. So then let's say you do that. How many of those sculpt Flex would
1: you do before you moved on to the rehab, your regular rehab program?
2: So uh, for sure, depends on patient to patient. My, most of my patients that have gone through that sculpt Flex have done six visits. So they do two prep, two tone, two sculpt. And then after that, that takes three weeks. I try to progress them to a three week functional strengthening program. So half of their program is on the TruSculpt Flex. Half of it is in traditional physical therapy. And then we discharge, hopefully. Does it always work out like that? No, I've had patients go through six weeks of TruSculpt Flex um, because we try to move them and
3: they're not ready. get them moving
2: and they're not ready. They're not ready. And I'll be honest with you, the, the patients that have gone that extra six weeks, that's when when we've seen them really start noticing the toning and the the aesthetic piece of that and really start ramping it up on the intensity because they start tolerating it much better. To be fair, you've only been doing this for just inside of a year
1: and uh, you're pioneering this, so you're figuring it out as you go. But I have to tell you, you've taught us an awful lot. Uh, I'm going to come back to you in a minute. Arash, what do you think of this as a facial plastic surgeon doing all kinds of aesthetic things. What have you learned from Dr. Bayer and
3: how might this change your practice? I love it. I love that we now have studies that are proving what most of us suspected to be true, that it helps with uh, function. Um, And just kind of pointing out some of the things that he mentioned during consultations, my biggest hurdle is the TENS unit. The patients, once you describe what it is, they're like, oh, that's just a TENS unit. I can buy that online and, Um, I always have to educate them on the difference between a TENS unit, which is one milliamp of energy that's flickering on the surface used for pain versus the ab belt that they show me from Instagram. That's just 10 milliamps of energy being the surface of the muscle. While TrueSculpt Flex is 30 milliamps of energy delivered directly to the full thickness of the muscle, full contraction in multiple directions. So that's like my main consultation point to make it clear that Lex is nothing to be compared to a TENS unit or an Instagram ab belt. So I think that would be my first point about it. And then functionally speaking, I, I, whenever I buy a device, I always do my own mini experiment. So I may not be doing a research study like you guys are, but I usually first treat everyone in my family. So it ends up becoming a mini multi-generational study. So I myself, very physically fit. I had my ab treatment for cosmetic reasons and achieved a cosmetic goal but then was shocked to find out that I'm a surgeon who does mostly rhinoplasties, and I tend to be hunched over when I'm doing that and I have bad posture. And the first two tone modes corrected my posture. And so even if I didn't get a cosmetic result, I would continue to get these treatments to have that posture correction that's so difficult for me. And then I noticed the strength difference when I went to go exercise. So that's when I realized like, oh wow, this is substantial core strength. And then there's more to it than what we think. So then I did it on my dad, who's 70 years old, has had three lower back spine surgeries, who has been told multiple times, increase your core strength. He's in and out of physical therapy for years now. And I brought him in and treated his abs for that purpose. And he had less pain and was able to walk um, much better than he has been before that. And since you have so many paddles, I told my mom to come and do it at the same time with him. Her goals were different. And one of the interesting things we noticed for her was that After having all those children, she had substantial rectus diastasis and the treatment actually brought the muscles closer back together again. And then bonus, most of them, both of them lost an inch off their waist and loved their added cosmetic results. So they had
1: very similar to what Leah has shown in physically fit younger people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then my mom, who was resistant to exercise, is suddenly going to Pilates classes and to yoga classes again because she feels better about how she looks and has improved core strength. Um, and is more comfortable being in an exercise program with young people, and then my brother is a dentist who has neck problems from dentistry. So I had him come and do a treatment, and he says that he has much more tolerance of doing his profession. So cosmetic through functional, this—that's um, well, a
1: real study. I love it. The multi-generational Maradza Day study.
3: <laughs> so it's a winner.
1: It's something very powerful. Take your dad, for example, uh, seventy years old. He's probably moderately fit, but not as fit as he was when he's 30. There's just no way. And he's had back problems. So while everybody says to him, increase your core strength, he can't because he can't do crunches, can't do sit-ups, can't do pull-ups. So he never can make it stronger. You do the true scalp flex, tighten his belly. Suddenly he's standing more erect and he feels better about himself. Then he's walking more and he's keeping his core strength. So it's uh, what Dr. Bayer said, you get things going and then you can do the rehab that you really want to do. I think this is incredibly powerful. One story, one of my colleagues who's a very fit, uh, fastidious class A tennis player, which means he's a very good amateur. He did the competition and uh, thought it was okay and wanted us to get it. And then he tried the flex and he said, okay, forget it. I'm a flex. I'm hooked. He's the guy I can't get out of the room because he's always booking slots so the patients can't get in. And he says he stands more erect his tennis, of course, didn't get better. That would be unfair to expect, but he's more erect. And, and this is a guy who was ultra fit to start with, but now he notices it and his partner notices it. It's fascinating. It's basically what you and Leah have been saying. So thank you. Leah, tell us about your thoughts on what Brett has told us. What do you think?
4: I think it supports what we've found, you know, where patients just subjectively saying that they feel more stable, they feel like they're able to walk upstairs. They're able to run more, uh, just as a, more comfortably. So I think it's, it's fascinating and it makes me very excited to look into a patient population that is not the fit and active adults that, that might have suffered an orthopedic injury or, um, or even a long-term hospitalization where they don't have that core strength anymore. I think one of the largest hurdles in trying to rehabilitate a patient is, you know, loss of of muscle tone and strength, and if they can't do the exercises to help them improve, it's it's a, a circle that it's difficult to break out of. One one point I think I it, it's important to make is that it's very easy for a patient coming into a a clinic to a beautiful clinic in a spa-like setting, you know, to think that they're going to receive a cosmetic treatment, and and it's not that. And I think it's. Important to set an expectation that you know you're you might think you're here to relax, you're here to work, you are here to engage, and you are here. It's like it's like a workout, but you're not necessarily doing the work, the machine is doing that for you. So, I think setting that expectation for the patient improves their treatment experience and improves their performance ultimately because they want to achieve that higher number, they want to continuously push to to something that they they might not have been able to um to tolerate previously. So we'll tell we told our subject patients, you know, hey, if you think of a threshold that is is pain or discomfort, we want you right underneath that. You know, we don't want you in pain and we don't want you in discomfort, but we do want you pushing it and we want you feeling like you're getting that workout. And so no, you're not just receiving an aesthetic treatment. It's not going to be a, a lovely, pleasant, um comfortable experience. Um it you will feel like you've you've done work.
1: Well, Leah, it's so important. You and I have talked about this, uh, and I like the analogy. uh, Someone once said to me from Qterra, actually one of their lead uh, educators, said, do you actually like your trainer? I said, well, he's a nice guy, but, I mean, he tortures me. She said, exactly. And if he didn't, you wouldn't pay him to go to him. If you just lounged around and drank coffee, you can do that at home with your friends. So it's the same thing with the flex. The person doing the treatment has to push the patient a lot, so they can maximize the outcome of the treatment. and it's so what you said. it should be like a workout. And if it's di Don, they're sitting chatting and doing emails, it's probably not it's not being optimized, would you agree?
4: I would agree. We noticed our greatest gains in function in those patients that that weren't on their cell phones that were, we're sweating. We had we had one of our patients who the first one to reach uh, 100. She's uh, our our queen flex. Um, had a pool of sweat in her umbilicus in her belly button, <laughs> and, and she, she soaked the table underneath. Um, so she was committed to excellence.
1: When you told me she did 100 and I'm stuck at 36, I'm thinking, wait a minute. She I embarrassed everybody in our office. All the doctors, no one's gotten above 50.
4: Dr. Dover, you can still beat me on the one like a wall set. We have to work. <laughs> back.
1: Well, not not anymore. Now, let me ask you another question, Leah. It's so important. Based on your thoughts now, what are the other areas that uh, we're going to look at in, or sort of groups of people we might look at with the flex?
4: I think the the next group that I really would like to investigate are those who have maxed out, like uh, like Brett was saying, those who have maxed out physical therapy and have plateaued and and just cannot advanced despite you know the the, the best efforts of, the, of their physical therapy team. So I think by using this as a different modality to help develop muscles, balance muscles, and, and improve overall function, I think can help break through some barriers in their treatment protocol. So I'm very interested now that we know what it can do for a healthy adult, um, an active adult, is to try it in those patients that might have had, come from a baseline of fitness, but for whatever reason, either or, uh, sports injury or hospitalization are functioning at a level that is lower than what they're accustomed to, to try to get them back to pre-injury level of function.
1: Exactly. So let's think of some specific examples. One would be knee or hip replacement surgery patients who go to rehab. Could we speed up their rehab by including a program of flex along with their rehab? And I think the answer is, yes, we're going to look at that. Next would be What about wounded warriors who are dying to get back to full active duty and or to just some semblance of their previous life? Might flex help to build muscle strength so they can speed up those processes? And just general rehab in general, not necessarily for the spine patients that Brett's talking about, but just rehab in general. This could be a great tool for physical medicine and rehab medicine. So I I think those three areas are fascinating. Leah, thank you. Uh, Brett, let me get back to you and ask you a bit about potential risk. What do you think about the risk of rhabdomyolysis in these patients using the FLEX?
2: Well, just to, just to reiterate kind of what uh, Leah was saying, um, on our patient population with, with chronic low back pain, it seems that, it seems that the two other uh, populations were more fit. Our patients are patients that are um, unfit suffering from low back pain haven't found any other treatments that have really helped them Um, I think that's why our intensity levels in our study were so low just because of of the risk of us doctors of therapy not wanting to make their pain any worse we tell them the same thing right hey you got to push yourself you got to be you got to make it uncomfortable. you know it's just like a workout. if you're not feeling it, then you're probably not getting the full benefit of it. but in, in the overworking of that and, and the risk for for rhabdo or or any anything like that i I just don't see it because of the type of treatment it is. It's not loading the muscle. Um, you're not overloading it and overworking it for an extreme amount of time to the point of Um, you know, muscle damage to where you're actually killing striated muscle cells, um, you're making tiny tiny, uh, microscopic tears in this muscle to rebuild it and improve the endurance and improve the tone. You're trying to improve the tone and and thus improving tone, improving stability, and on down the chain there. So I, I don't see the risk on it. I cannot speak on getting up to the intensities of 100. Uh, because I, I've, I've never experienced it myself and I've, I haven't had any of my patients uh, go there yet, but I will tell you it's nice to know that it's there because I can push some of my employees. And I can say, Hey, look, we got to get you to 100 today because I got to see how this works. Uh, once it gets to 100,
1: well, thanks. any risk do you think for Or Rav- You've got someone who went to 100 and she we was had four, five. four,
4: yes. Four, we had four that went to 100. For our patients that that reached 100, you know, everyone was sore afterwards, but they did not have any of the similar types of contraction. No dark urine. So, you know, in, in our patients, there was a zero risk. But what I find most interesting is I think that the night the one of the beautiful things about this device is that it allows you to go from zero to 100. So you can really tailor uh, a patient's treatment. And and 100 is is. In extremely intense but that you can still get incredible gains in strength and function and pain relief when treating to a patient's uh, tolerance but having them having them push themselves within their own capabilities and that you can still achieve the um, similar results. That's so important
1: and both you and Brett touched on. Brett's te- treating highly unfit people who have suffered from severe back pain and so he's at much lower settings. You're treating very motivated people who, for a variety of reasons, needed to get to 100. Most people are at 30, 40, maybe 50. As Arash might comment, this is a device with huge potential and huge elasticity. There's, there's so much capacity that very few patients will ever get to the max that this device offers. Arash, you want to talk about that and maybe maintenance therapy?
3: Yeah, I completely agree that this device is very, very powerful and The number of people who are going to get to 98 to 100% are small and rare, and the number is actually not that important. It's all about your own personal tolerance and pushing yourself right beyond that. Uh, One of my patients who has the most dramatic cosmetic abdominal results, going from regular abs to a full, highly defined six pack, could never get past 24%. Wow. Yeah. And I started to notice there's a certain subpopulation of mine who cannot go very high in their percentages. And as I pay more attention, I'm noticing that most of them have very little body fat. So all of the energy is- Not surprising. Is
1: right. Not surprising. Just like with thermal radio frequency, it's all about their tolerance, not the max. Yeah. It's, it's, what, what? So someone with a small face, Their resistive capacity is different than some with a fat face, so you need lower energy to get the same results. I think this is very important for the company to proliferate amongst all users, that it's not the number. Every patient's a little bit different, number one. Number two, I love what you talked about, the difference between eStim, which is one milliwatt, right? Some of these other devices available online that are 10, and the Flex, which is 30 milliamps, I'm sorry, not milliwatts. And this is an incredibly powerful device with multi-directional stimulation of muscle, which is why it is totally different than anything that's available in the physical therapy space at a fraction of the cost or some of the other aesthetic spaces where they charge a lot for devices which are not as powerful. Uh, Brett, let me just ask you one final question. Uh, I understand sometimes you get reimbursement for some of these back pain patients. Please tell us about that.
2: So, as a clinician, I, I can't speak on too much of the specifics on reimbursement. I can tell you that if if it wasn't being covered and it wasn't being covered well through the physical therapy umbrella of neuromuscular reeducation, they would pretty much tell me to halt the treatment uh, at this point and, and move it to more of a cash-based service. But what's important for me as a clinician when I'm when I'm talking to these patients and I'm trying to find the best route for their lower back pain, is what's going to get them there fastest? And, and how is that going to incorporate into their full uh, treatment program and, and reaching their goals? For me, billing this under neuromuscular re-education is not a problem at all. I would have no problem sitting in front of um, an insurance company and saying, hey, I invite you to come down and try this and, and see, you know, how we're reeducating the, the core musculature and to what Leah said earlier, the muscle balance, uh, to be able to get these patients to a place to where maybe their goal is just to go out on a walk without pain, or, you know, maybe their goal is to return to some kind of professional sports. For me, it's, it's about the patient's goals. And if neuromuscular re- reeducation of the abdominals um, is part of that, uh, then, then I have no problem justifying that in my, in this my notes. This is
1: very important to hear. And I'm sure there will be some who try to take advantage of this for aesthetically concerned individuals who come in hobbled with sudden back pain. But it will be very clear uh, that if an aesthetic surgeon is doing this for back pain, they're not going to be covering it. And if it's in a physical therapy center like yours, with this preeminent center by a doctor of physical therapy, then it's totally different.
2: I think it's, and that's why I try to be, I try to be careful on on what route I go with those patients, right? Because I'm I'm all I'm always trying to improve and not plateau. Um, so when I'm doing my documentation, I'm making sure that I'm documenting, hey, this patient increased their intensity level by ten percent in one week. Um, so their tolerance to it is much better. Our plan, of course, is always in physical therapy umbrella, to progress them to functional strengthening to progress them to some kind of functional strengthening. So the true sculpt is not necessarily the end all be all it's a great maintenance, right? It's a great maintenance program to continue after you're done with your physical therapy. But I think as a maintenance program, as a part of the whole, uh, you know, exercise and, and psychosocial model is to, you know, look good, feel good, you know, perform good type of thing. So, uh, well, Brad, I have to
1: tell you, your patients, I don't know if they know how lucky they are to have you as their physical therapist or for the center to have what you're doing. Oh, this is thank you. groundbreaking work, and I have to tell you, I'm, uh, we're all very impressed. So congratulations. Uh, before we finish, I just want to go uh, to each of our three expert panelists, just ask if they have any closing comments. Let's finish uh, up with Commander Dr. Leah Spring. Leah?
4: Thanks, Dr. Dover. I think that the patient population that will benefit ultimately most from this device is not the aesthetic. I think that, I think it's the function. And I think there's so many different groups that can benefit from this, from the athlete looking to get that, that edge, the, um, the, the dad or mom looking to run after their kids, you know, with a little bit more ease, you know, the, the functionally impaired, patient trying to get back to a pre-injury level of fitness, um, I think that this completely opens up a totally different horizon for them. And it'll be very exciting as new evidence uh, comes in to confirm that so that we can tell our patients exactly what they can expect. So I, I, I'm, I've, been very, um, I've been very motivated by what we've found and I look
3: forward to doing future studies.
1: Well, Leah, congratulations and thank you. Arash?
3: I'll give the perspective of a cosmetic surgeon and a cosmetic practice. Um, I think that you'll find this device to be very exciting because you have multiple avenues. So you can treat very young people with strong cosmetically driven goals um, with the bonus that they're going to have improvement in strength. You have the option of treating mothers after they've had a baby and help them improve and regain and bring back their muscles to where it used to be and provide them with an avenue to help them with uh, weight loss after Pregnancy, and then you have people who are in the uh, older groups who are unfit or have back problems or pain, or you're able to use this as a rehabilitation device. So it really is a device that can do a lot of everything. And you'll be surprised that your how many of your cosmetic patients may develop a functional issue in their lifetime while they're in your practice, and then they're going to then come and use this device. Many of my toxin patients, for example end up having to have cervical spine surgery at some point and have extended periods of time where they can't exercise. And some of them are coming to me to maintain their bodies during that period of exercise and others are coming to help and reduce their overall pain by strengthening their core. And one of the biggest perks of this machine over the competitors is strengthening your core can be more comprehensive because you have so many paddles, you can do both your abdomen and your glutes at the same time, so your entire core is being strengthened. Not just one area.
1: Well, thank you uh, very much. And finally, Brett, any final comments?
2: Yeah, I think uh, for myself, as far as a physical therapist, the the options are really endless. It goes back to what you were saying earlier on the on the fact of total joint replacements and and other surgeries. I'm I'm more interested really in the fact of you know the prehab side of this and and hopefully to get some of these spinal surgeons to to say, hey, we're operating on this guy in one month, bring him in let us do a month of sculpt with him and watch his outcomes be over and beyond what you expected in the recovery. So, I mean, the future of this machine really from anywhere from total knees to hips to lumbar spine surgery to aesthetics is really exciting, but more for obviously for rehab pers- purposes for me, um, I'm just excited to see what other studies are gonna be done. Uh, what other studies that we can do um, to get get the word out to get some some spinal surgeons on on board and and maybe do some studies with them as well. So um, it it, it's, it it offers a lot of avenues uh, to to kind of change the the perspective of. Well, of physical we all therapy. we'll need you
1: to help us to educate uh, folks in rehab medicine, physical medicine, physical therapy. Because, you know, there are standards which are taught and which are exercised for years in our country because it's the way it's done. And it takes people who are forward thinking like you and Leah and Arash to move things forward so that the science can move the art of rehab medicine forward. And I love what you just said, prehabbing patients, that's not done from what I can see. And then, of course, the patients rehab
2: terribly because they're so unfit and the ones who are fit. Or they have total hips do so much better than those who are not I will say that one one thing that's been interesting over I've, I'm a very I'm, I'm very new okay so I've only been practicing for three years okay but over the past years I've gotten so many patients coming in that their insurances won't approve these back surgeries because they haven't failed physical therapy which for me as a physical therapist is what am I going to do with this patient? Right. You know, I mean, they I, I can't move them. I can put them, I can put them on Easton, you know, and make them feel better, but functionally. So now I can say to these patients, look, we've got the answer for you. We, I know you're in pain, but you're pending surgery. Surgery is definitely indicated with, obviously you've gotten three spine surgeries or three spine surgeons, and they all agree that, Hey, you need this surgery, but insurance isn't improving it. You need to be with me for three weeks. I can I can rehab exactly. your career without if making worse. Be even better. No, and, and make think, your uh, outcomes there's better.
1: There's a future for at least one very important study: prehabbing patients before back surgery, and just looking at outcomes. Do they do better or not? It's so straightforward. Well, this has been incredibly exciting. I want to thank our panelists, Dr. Brett Bayer from Houston, Dr. Rash from Beverly Hills, California, and Leah Spring, a commander in the U.S. Navy and uh, a fellow at Skincare Physicians. Thanks to the three of you very much. This was a fascinating discussion. Thank you.
0: If you haven't listened to other episodes in the Qterra Experts Corner series, listen now. And be sure to listen to other new episodes focused on TrueSculpt Flex. You can also learn more by visiting qterra.com. Thanks for listening.